You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. This uh, weekend, yesterday, we celebrated. We were, you know, lashed out and went out for lunch with more children than adults. Always a good idea. <laughs> to celebrate my mum and dad's 50th wedding anniversary. How good is that? 50 years. Like, I haven't been alive for 50 years, so, like, to be, you know, married for 50 years, I just go, flip! It's amazing. And I know them, so, you know... No, I'm just joking. They're awesome. I'm just... They're not here to stir them, so I shouldn't stir them if they're not here to, you know, bite back, hey? It's all good. They go to Central Campus, so they might listen to the thing and send me a smart text later on. No. (laughs) It's good. So um, the month of July, I have loved the month of July. I'm a fan of rest. Um... But what I've loved about it is really delving into it and really trying to get a grasp of what rest means, you know, not just... We were chatting earlier. <clears throat> Todd had the great idea and then many others joined on the bandwagon of that I should be preaching from a banana lounge. Um, and it kind of got out of control with everybody's suggestions along the way, so we won't go there, but, you know... <laughs> just to get that picture. But, um, you know, it's not just about lazing about and lying around. But for me, um, this month has really been a continuation for me because last August when we had some long service leave, um, we were, you know, we were told, you've got to take some of your leave because, you know, we're racking up too much, basically. Um, And so we thought, right, yeah, we'll take four weeks, we'll go away with the kids for a bit of it, we'll be at home for some of it. And, you know, that'll be nice, won't it? And I remember sitting in Pastor Keith's office and he said, you know, oh, so what are you going to do with your time off? And I was a bit like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, apart from that, like, I don't know. And I didn't feel at the time like we needed it, so I felt like um, we didn't actually need the rest. I thought, you know, we're all good. And... Um, At about the three-week mark in our long service leave was when we actually started to wind down and go, oh, we really needed a rest, hey? Like, we were so caught up with just life as a whirlwind, I guess, church and ministry and kids and business, family things, you know, apart from that, that we didn't actually recognise, I think, that we... We weren't really living in rest um, in these things. And so it was a journey that God started, you know, at about the three-week mark was when Darren rang Pastor Keith and said, hey, do you reckon we can get another week on the other end? Like, you know, (laughs) I was sort of like suddenly going, let's just like extend this a bit more because God had really started, once we started to rest is when he really started speaking to us. Um, And... So we've established over the month that rest, it's not just about doing nothing. It's not 24-7 lounging about. It's not the banana lounge scenario. Um, Although if somebody's got one, you know, I'm happy to use it. Um, It's not just about watching movies, you know, catching up on four seasons of a show. Um, 
yes, some of you are going, oh, wasn't it? Whoops. <laughs> it's not just, you know, truckloads of sleep-ins or general inactivity, but it's really a state of being. It's a place where our soul can rest. Um, the banana lounge scenario, it's like a recliner for our soul. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. This is one of my favourite passages, my favourite scriptures, and most of you will know it off by heart. But I want to go into it a bit deeper today. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. And there's a whole pile of you who just like mimed that then, didn't you? Because you know it, right? You know it. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you for your word to us. I want to thank you for this family. And I just trust you with the word today, God. Just pray that you would use me, Lord, as a clear vessel, that the stuff that's not of you, that it would just be wiped out. But, God, that you would speak to us to, into our deepest parts this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we've talked this month about rest brings restoration. So, you know, going through the acronym, rest brings restoration. E, what was E? Enjoyment. I know it. I'm just seeing if you know it. Read it, folks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it brings security. And today we're talking about trust. You know, and it's great. These are all so important. But if we invert the acronym, I feel like it gives us a better picture of the way it flows. Trust leads... <laughs> I better go for my notes. Trust leads us to security. And security... Trust and security, they give us rest for our soul, which allow us to find that enjoyment. Oh, look, it's Darren. Look what you did for me. See, I didn't see it. I just said, can you do this this morning? And it gives us that enjoyment and that restoration. So I see trust as being the capstone of rest. You can't have true rest for your soul without trust. So we won't be restored if we don't trust God as our restorer. We won't find enjoyment and rest if we don't realise that he's the joy giver. We don't find assurance and security if we don't trust that God is our secure and our safe place. So let's go back to our scripture for today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, it says in verse 5. I need a, I need a helper, Darren. Thanks. So, do you? Ah, you read my notes. A jig? No, I don't want you to do a jig. I want you to lay down on the ground. See how I needed a helper? I wasn't going to do this myself. Okay. Now, can you turn over on your face? <laughs> so... Every, you know, sometimes you look at different... You can just stay there just until I tell you otherwise, all right? So, um, 
See, I'm a visual learner, so these kind of things help me, so I know that they will help other people. It'll help you remember. But, you know, there's all these different versions of the Bible, and sometimes we go, oh, um, I'll look at it in a different version because I like the way it says it better. It kind of fits my circumstances better. It's true. You all do it. Don't say like you do. See, Todd, Todd laughs the loudest. He does it more than anybody. Every version says trust. Every version says trust in the Lord with all your heart. And when translated from the original language, trust actually means to lie helpless face down. <laughs> when we trust, it shows a huge degree of faith. It shows confidence and dependence on God, so much so that we can lie face down before him, showing humility and vulnerability. Are you feeling vulnerable down there? Yeah, I thought you might be. <laughs> you can look. You don't have to have your face in the ground. Oh, good. Oh. It just shows how closely like, related trust and rest are. There's no way that you can lie face down and not trust. There's no way, I mean, are you <laughs> he's probably feeling a bit anxious as to whether I'm going to kick in the head at this point. That's why I'm trying to stand a little bit away, all right? You're all good. But you can't not rest. You know, Psalm 23 says he makes me lie down in green pastures. And um, it's, it's a picture. It's a picture of rest for us. It's a picture of what our soul is doing when we lay ourselves down and we just say, God, you're sovereign in this. You've got this. It's a posture. Trust is a posture as much as it is a mindset or a state of heart. You can go now. <laughs> Thanks, babe. You're a good man. So if you're taking notes today, the first uh, point I've got for you is trust is a game changer for rest. Grasping that connection between trust and rest is going to change your world. How often do we say, you're talking to somebody, you're telling them about something that's going on, you're like, oh, no, I trust God, you know, but, you know, there's just blah, 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 or I trust God, but I just don't know about, you know, how this bit's going to pan out. It's that big but that you put on the end that is suddenly kind of... I'm going to say that I trust him, hoping that the rest of me catches up. I'm, I'm going to just speak it out and hope that it works out. It's like our front yard, for anybody who's been to our place in summer, knows that if you step on the grass, it's not going to be lush and green. It's going to crunch because of all the bindies that are there. So there's no cartwheels in the front yard. All those cartwheels that I do in the front yard. <laughs> Josie does, though. Um... <laughs> Sorry for that visual, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> you, can't put, you can't go out there without shoes on. You've got to put your thongs on. And even inside, you come back inside and there's probably going to be bindies inside because of all the ones that came off your thongs. It's shocking. We've got to do something about that earlier in the year. We always just kind of miss the window. Now's the window? It's afternoon, babe. All right. <laughs> But, you know, even when I look at lush grass, you know, in parks and things where they're really good with their bindi control, I still won't go without shoes on. Or if I do, I'm like, 
You can say to me, oh, no, no, I walk around this area all the time, it's fine. Like, my backyard, we are so good with bindies, right? Like, I, I know there's no bindies, you don't have to put your thongs on. I will still be hesitant and I will still be trying to take the entire weight of my body on my big toe because the, the less surface area of skin that touches the grass, like, I just... You can say that they're not there, but I don't trust you, all right? I, I don't believe you. I'll step out, but I'm hesitant. There's reservation in your step. I think it'll be okay, but I'm just going to hedge my bets and be safe. With trust, there's no but. There's no bindies. There's certainty. There's assurance reliance and there's rest there's no reservations we walk in total confidence let's put this in some real life scenarios so god is my provider i trust him with my family's finances for me i trust that you know because darren mostly does our finances i mostly spend our finances i trust that you know it's all under control i trust that he has given me work he's provided for us we say grace every night we thank god for what he's given us we've got a roof over our head we've got warm beds to sleep in but then the kids bring home a note and i've got to pay for their school fees and their school photos in the same week well how's that going to work because that wasn't in the budget and i kind of missed that and i forgot about it at the start of the year and i should have been putting the money away freak out no trust no rest. Maybe you were given a word some years ago about your future and, you know, someone had this great word and said, you know, you're going to get married, have a family, you know, he's going to be a great man of God and you've kind of going, yeah, I totally trust God, even though my friends are getting married now and, you know, I still haven't, but I'm so, it's all good, like, it's totally fine and I'm married to this great, married, not married yet, I'm going out with this great guy and, you know, oh, we just really see things the same way and I'm pretty sure it's heading towards marriage, which is really good. But then we had a fight the other night and, well, obviously, I'm pretty sure nobody's ever going to accept the real me and nobody's ever could love me the way I am and I'll probably never get married. You freak out. You've got no trust and there's no rest. You might be studying and feel like God's really called you to nursing. I just love people. I love helping them. It's so good to be with families when they're in these really desperate circumstances that are, seem so separate to what else is going for everybody else. You know, hospitals are... I've spent some time in hospitals and they're strange places because it's like a whole other city of turmoil happening within our own city just behind some walls where most of us don't see. And you can say, yeah, I really love helping, helping families in this time, but the exams are so hard. But I'm so tired and prac and studying and all of that. I'm never going to get a job at the end of this. There's not enough jobs going. You freak out. There's no rest, no trust. The word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Our God is trustworthy. The trust, it makes you unshakable. When you're facing a circumstance, regardless of what it is, regardless of how dire it seems, your soul can be at rest still. You can have that inner rest, that soul rest. And sometimes other people might look at you and think, 
It makes no sense. I'm looking at their circumstances and I just think they don't get it. Your God is trustworthy. Everything's going to work out. Verse 6. In all your ways, submit to him. The New Living Translation says it like this. Are you ready? I like this one better, Todd. (laughs) Do not depend on your own understanding. Number two, you are not the smartest person in the room. I'm sorry. The message says don't try to figure out everything on your own. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. My children and other smart mouths are starting to stir me about my age now that I'm in my 40s. I have a great time. And, you know, whilst I, I respond appropriately to their digs, don't want to let them down, I, I like my 40s better than I liked my 30s. And I like my 30s better than I liked my 20s. And I certainly like my 20s better than being a teenager. Um, I think the thing that I like about getting older is the wisdom that it brings. And the biggest revelation that I've had is that I actually don't know everything. I know. (laughs) I reckon it'll be awesome. I know it's hard to believe that I don't understand everything. (laughs) Realising it is incredibly liberating. Last week, Damien and I had a conversation after church and there was just a ministry situation that we were discussing and essentially I dropped the ball. A situation, I knew about it and... I should have done something and I dropped the ball. So I had to sort of say, oh, Damo, look, I'm sorry. I actually should have stepped in there and I should have, uh, mm, yes. And he said, oh, Pastor Beck, I thought you were perfect. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry to disappoint you. But, you know, if what you and I understand about the world is all there is, whilst it might make us feel important, and very knowledgeable. It's just not going to cut it in comparison to what God's got to offer. He promises peace and not anxiety. Philippians 4, 4 4-7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. He sees the beginning and the end. He's got a way bigger timeline than we have. So what we understand just by what we can see and what we're looking at is nothing compared to what he can see and what he's looking at. Where we're desperately looking for wisdom and saying, God, I need wisdom in this situation. He's got the way. He understands. 
James 1.5 in the New Living says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He'll not rebuke you for asking. We're not the smartest person in the room. So it brings me to, to this. The S word. Sometimes my children, when they're trying to describe a situation from school where the child, other child involved might have used some bad language, they will say, oh, and he said the S word, mum, or he said the B word, or he said the whatever word. And sometimes I'm there going, I don't know what the word is. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out there's all new words as well that weren't there when I was at school. <laughs> Surrender is not a swear word. <laughs> Verse 6 says, Seek his will in all you do, and he'll show you which path to take. He's trustworthy. Don't assume that your way is the only way. You know, we can take that with a bit of a sting and a bit of pride and be like, well, you know, actually, I am pretty good and I do know a lot. Or... We can see it as a huge relief. I see it as this big, oh, thank goodness. Because when I don't have the answers, when I don't know what to do, I just keep seeking his will in everything I do and I can rest and trust that he's got it covered. Yeah. It's going to work out. You know, I don't know it all, so I'm going to rest and trust in the one who does and whose promises can be trusted. And I think really knowing this is so critical to our soul rest. Psalm 37 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him and he will do this. When we give it over to him, surrender it to him, we commit it. You know, it's an, it's, there's an action involved. It's not just happening by itself. You commit that over to him. It's a green light for him to just take control when we take our hands off. You can trust that he's going to work it out. Sometimes... Let me have a drink because I'm super thirsty. Sometimes after church, if the soccer people have all gone and you've all gone and there's no other cars in the car park, I sometimes let the kids drive around the car park. <laughs> burnouts, yeah, burnouts. You know those big red black marks that... No, I'm kidding. That's not true. But sometimes I let them drive in the car park. You're all going, I'm never leaving my car hearing like ever again. <laughs> but they love it. And Darren thinks that I'm crazy for it. But nothing bad's happened because I don't actually give them control of the car. So what they do, even the largest of them, is I let them, I put my seat back so that I can still reach the pedals and they sit on my lap and they just steer, right? They're just steering. So it's like 
Not even Dodgem cars, especially not because there's no crashing involved. <laughs> it's not like that at all, Darren. It's totally fine. Our insurance will cover it, I'm sure. But uh, we start out here, and now we've like gone a bit further. We sometimes even reverse, and sometimes when it gets to the end, you park in between the lines. Right? That's pretty good. But um. I don't fully surrender control of the vehicle, let's face it. I'm not sitting in the back, having a sleep, saying, off you go, boys. And Josie's started now too. So, seven-year-old, you can totally drive the car. <clears throat> but how often do we want to take our control back? It's like, God, you can sit on my lap, but I'm still going to control the brakes, the speed, the gears, the handbrake, and I may or may not grab the steering wheel at any given moment to pull it back onto the course that I should think we should be in. This often happens for me about down near the bins where I feel like they can't quite do the... <laughs> so here's the deal with surrendering something. You don't get to take it back. Yep. Surrender is a battle term, and it implies that all rights are given to the conqueror. When an opposing army surrenders, they lay down their arms, and the winners take control from then on. So surrendering, surrendering with God works the same way. But his plan for us, it's so much greater than our own. He knows which path is best for us to take. Here's our scripture in the message version. Trust in the Lord from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything else out on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one who'll keep you on track. Don't assume you know it all. It's not about doing more or trying harder. It's like a big exhale, like, oh... It's a heart response to surrender and to trust him. Remember back at the beginning where we talked about trust and Darren lied down here, helpless, face down. Trust has a posture of surrender. It's a moment of response, not a moment of weakness, but of strength. You know, so much of heaven seems kind of back the front to how we see it on earth. But when we surrender our weakness to God, he says it's our strength. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. And you're going, you know what? Beck, that sounds great. I'd love to be able to do that. But I, the how of this is not so much just flicking off a switch. And we go, yep, I trust. No, I don't. Yes, I do. No, I don't. The key just practically for this, trust comes when we remember. Lamentations. It's a bit depressing to spend too much time here, but um, <laughs> let's face it. But Lamentations 3 says this, Yet I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed, for his compassions never fail. The new every morning, great is your faithfulness. I say to the Lord, Say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. 
it's so helpful to stop and think and look back at where he's taken you, where you've been before. Because I think we often get consumed by being in the moment and forget that actually I faced a really hard thing three months ago. And this is what he did then. Well, he could do that again now. And even if your situation is not the same, you know sometimes we keep going around the mountain on the same thing, the same trust issue, the same rest issue. And we sort of don't ever quite get over it. But for me, you know, I find with finance for us, I trust God with our finance. And it only takes for me to look at where he's brought us and to the situations that we've faced in the past to go, look at all the 50 million times that he actually did this before. We... (laughs) That's the reality. You know, we look at it and might go, oh, well, this doesn't all add up. Like, what are we going to do? We're actually not going to have enough money this month. But I tell you, every single time we get to the end of the month and it either works out or we've got excess. We're never left without. I think of Crystal and Jason and I think last year was a pretty rubbish year for you guys. So much happened in your world and it was such just difficult, difficult times and you wouldn't want to do it again. But God's been so faithful to them and this, this year, Crystal's had so much work and work on top of work, like Napland work on top of all the casual work and she said to me one day, oh, I had to knock back a day, like I just couldn't do it. And I was like, how faithful is God? Now she's got a, a full-time job And, you know, she says last week, oh, you know, I'm so exhausted. And I was like, that's so awesome. She's exhausted because she's working. You know, she's bringing an income in. And next time Jason and Crystal face a hard situation, all they've got to do is go, yeah, but remember that time. Remember when. Over the years, Jed's... We've gone to the hospital a lot with Jedfrey's asthma. Yes, she can hug him, Tom. That's beautiful. And, you know, the first time was the worst time. The first time, the staff didn't know that he was coming home with us. The first time, we didn't know if he was going to ever come home with us. And... Every time since then, while sometimes it's insanely scary when your child can't breathe and I don't, you know, look forward to those times. But every time I take him to the hospital, I go, yeah, but God, remember when? Remember when you did this in him? You know, when the devil wanted to take him out at two, that didn't happen. So it's not going to happen now. I think it's really helpful to build a catalogue in your mind, whether it's in your mind, whether it's written in the back of a journal, when God answers prayer, write it down so that when you forget and you're so consumed in your moment, you can go, oh, okay, that didn't open then, sorry. (laughs) You can look down and you can... I know, it was smooth, wasn't it? Smooth, that's me. (laughs) But, you know, 
you can look at that list and go, and as that list grows, you've got so much more to come back to. If you're looking at a, you're looking at a situation where you go, you know what, I've never faced this one before. I don't have faith for this. I don't trust, and I'm not at rest. Look at somebody else's example. Apply the faithfulness and trustworthiness of God from Scripture or from somebody else's testimony, which is why sharing your testimonies about his goodness is so important. When others can experience that because they, you know, they see it in what he's done, we can draw strength from that. Psalm 22 verse 4 says, In our fathers put their trust... Sorry, start again. In you our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. They get to look back and go, those that came before us, God was faithful to them. He's going to be faithful to us. Psalm 143 verse 5 says, I remember the days of old. I remember. And I ponder your great works and what you've done. Word of God is full of promises and reminders that we can trust him. So we know that we're in the right hands. When we don't have a reference point, we go and look for it. We find it. We know that he's never failed and he's not going to fail us. It's, it's paramount for us experiencing that rest for our soul. Trust comes when you learn from him. I've been struck by this other passage that I read all the time and have read since I was a kid. Matthew 11 says, So everyone, come to me. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I'll refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you discover that I'm gentle and easy to please. You'll find refreshment and rest in me, for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. For so long, in fact, when I recite it and I talk that out, I never, ever put learn my ways in the middle. I complete, it's like it's been scratched from my Bible, just my memory, it turns out. Because I never really understood how to fully live in rest. But part of it is realising that we don't know everything. We've got to learn it. We've got to go to Jesus and we've got to learn it. So when you don't get it the first time, you go again. It doesn't mean, oh, I stuffed up my trust and my rest this time. I guess it'll never happen. You go again. Learn my ways. Keep trying. This is why when I started in August, it's not done yet. I'm still learning and I'm believing that this is going to be such a transformative series that we've been in this Time to Breathe series that it's a new paradigm for us as a church. It's a new way of living for each of us, not just a few of the leaders who go, oh, that's a good idea, I should do that. It's for all of us just a new place to live. Put down your to-do list, your anxious thoughts, your fears and learn from him. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.